Of course, we want to welcome those that are online with us, our Central Austin campus, Italy, Mozambique. Come on, Celebration Georgetown, say hello to them. God bless you guys. In our first service, that song that was written by the team, we were unable to get our video to work. God must love the second service. First service has to walk by faith that all these things happened. And then you guys also got to see Bigger Joe back in the day. How many noticed that? Some of you are like, golly, okay. And uh, yes, 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 that was football Joe. And uh, now I'm preacher Joe, or as one guy calls me, plastic Joe. But anyway, we are honored that you are with us, and uh, we've got some dear friends. The booths are here. If you ever want and need and you have family in the Houston area concerning a church, Grace Church down south, of course, the incredible, the booths are here, and Grace Church is represented by them today, and they are the pastors. Come on, welcome the booths as they are here. God bless y'all. And uh, they're just incredible friends, and thank you guys for being with us today. We are going to get right into the Word, because I want to talk to you about, in these 22 years, what has what has kept us together? What, what are, and this is where we're going to go, what are our core values? Because anything and everything that doesn't have a core value begins to fall apart over time. How many know a team has to run the same play? Every team has to be on the same playbook. You, you can't just have your own book. You just can't have your own manual. You just can't have your own goal, your own vision, if you will, or your own direction. For the church to be what God has called the church to be. Paul the Apostle, let's get right into the Word, says in 1 Corinthians, he goes, God is faithful. Come on, say those three words with me. God is faithful. Through whom you were called into fellowship with his son Jesus our Lord. Now that we've established that fact, Paul says. Now Paul the Apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, little historical fact, the first 12 chapters of the book of Acts, which is the recording of the early church, the first 12 chapters primarily deal with Peter and his apostleship. The following chapters up until the end of the book of Acts, chapter 28, primarily concerns ourselves with Paul. And Paul the apostle, the great, of course, apostle and founder of so many churches, and God would use Paul as a father, would write these words, God is faithful, but then he goes, now I want to talk to you. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I got on Facebook and I've been informed concerning you by Chloe's people. Come on now, Chloe's people, get out there. And they put some stuff out there. The Bible says there has been a report. There's been some, some rumors. There's been some postings by Chloe's people that there are some quarrels among you. There's some division. There's some, there's some issues in the family. And he says, now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, each of you have your own playbook. I am with Paul. I have Paul's playbook. Or, I am with Apollos. I have Apollos' playbook. I am with Kephas, or Peter. That's Peter. I, I have Peter's playbook. Or, I am with Christ. Has Christ been divided? In other words, did Christ do it that way? Does he want the church to have pastors that align themselves under certain pastors? 
I, in other words, I like when Joe preaches. I like when Daniel preaches. I like when Lori preaches. I like when Harry preaches. Whoever Harry is, one day he will show up. <laughs> or, or I follow this teaching. I'm a healing follower. I'm a deliverance follower. I'm an end times follower. You see, in other words, each of us, if we're not careful, we begin to run playbooks. We begin to divide Christ. And we divide him into our doctrines. And we become indoctrinated, not, watch this, God never calls you to be indoctrinated. That's a cult. We are to have proper doctrine, but it is not indoctrination. It's the study of God. That's all it is. And doctrine and proper doctrine is the study of God's mind, God's heart, God's ways. But what ends up happening is what Paul had to address. And that is, he goes, guys, God is faithful, but as faithful as he is, you can mess it all up by not being in agreement, or you begin to align yourself with certain preachers. I love this preacher. I love that preacher. I don't preach, or I don't come when he preaches, or I come when they do preach. And so we end up having this church that is divided. How many know we live in a world in the same way? We have all of these divisions, and we have all of these sects, and we have all of right now, we're divided like never before. Because you got people preaching this and people preaching that, people proclaiming this, people proclaiming that. And Paul says, that's not God. He says, let's get back to what we're all about. And he goes, Christ is not that way, nor has he called the church to be divided. Some people have said, well, I'm of Calvinism. That's, well, did Calvin die for you? Did John Calvin die for you? I've had, more, I've had people ask me probably more than any other question. Pastor Joe, you're a Calvinist? No, I'm a Christian. What are you talking about? I follow Christ. I don't follow any man. So he goes into a little bit deeper. He goes... Well, he says, uh, Paul was not crucified. Paul writing these words. I wasn't crucified for you, was I? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? Were you baptized into the name of Calvinism? Were you baptized into names of Methodism or Baptist or Lutheran? Do you see, do you see my point? So he says, was that all of that? Was that your goal? Was that your, was that your alignment? Was that your playbook? He says, I am thankful that I baptized none of you, except I do remember some guy named Crispus or Crispy Cream. I can't remember. Some guy named Crispus and Gaius, right? I love that. So that no one would say that you were baptized into my name. I'm glad that I did not get the attention that some people want to give me. But I did baptize the household of Stephanus. And then he goes, beyond that, I don't really remember. How many know the older you get, the harder it is to remember something? This is Paul the Apostle going, I don't remember if I baptized you. He goes, but I did not baptize anyone else to my knowledge, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, the good news, that Jesus died for your sins, not with clever, cleverness of speech, not trying to make you so laughing or so feeling good and with all of these creative illustrations with all of the things that are not against and nor does God want us to not use illustrations we know he taught parabolically in other words he used parables but he goes I don't want to come to you with such a power of my personality like we see going on in the Corinthian church where people were aligning themselves to preachers according to their personality or how they made them feel 
so that the cross of Christ would have what? No effect. And so Paul was really bringing something into what I believe we want to bring something into our church at 22. And this is the reason why we're still, in fact, not just still here, but better than we've ever been before. That the reality is, is that we don't want anyone else to get any glory except the one that deserves all the glory. And his name is Jesus. Paul was calling the church to and what Paul was wanting to rehearse the church with was the core values so then he says in chapter 4 watch this he says in 1 Corinthians 4 he goes for this reason I am sending to you Timothy or I have sent to you Timothy who is my beloved and faithful child in other words he's my spiritual son He's, he's, he's been mentored by me I have put my download into him if you will He will remind you of my ways which are in Christ just as I teach everywhere in every church. In other words, what he's saying is I'm sending to you Timothy because he has my playbook as it is in Christ. Paul was saying this is not my playbook. This is not my interpretation of how church should be done in every single church. What he is saying is, but from the scriptures, these are the core values. And Paul sends Timothy so that the church will have a rehearsal or a reminder of how to accurately walk with God in the church. How many know we need the church to be together or complete? Because listen, if the church falls apart, the world falls apart. We are the hope of the world. How many would agree with me in Christ Jesus? It's the reality. What was dealing with Paul's day was that there's was watching the church becoming aligned with certain, not just personalities, but certain principles and certain um, teachings. So if you're not careful, if you don't hear what your particular bent or what your particular need is, in other words, I want to hear about healing all the time. I want to hear about salvation all the time. I want to hear about deliverance all the time or freedom all the time or prosperity all the time. All of those are truths. All of those are principles found in the Bible. But you can't chop Jesus up like this. And you cannot begin to make him divided. You can't divide him. How many know we've got churches divided now? And if we're not careful, look at our world today. Divided. We're divided as a nation. It's not my opinion. It's just the reality. And what I want to have on this 22nd birthday at our celebration, or Chuck E. Cheese celebration today, this is Chuck E. Cheese celebration. In the Greek means Chuck E. Cheese. It's a rehearsal, a reminder. Deuteronomy says, and watch this, the book of Deuteronomy is the book of rehearsals. Moses, rehearse with the people again the word of the Lord. How many know we leak? Does anybody leak? How many need to take a leak? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, we leak. You leak, I leak. We leak. In other words, we forget. And along the way, we just go, okay, I needed that again. I needed a reminder. I needed a rehearsal. And so what I love is the story of this woman by the name of Sheba in the Old Testament. She's not just in the Old Testament. She's in the New Testament. 
Jesus said the queen of Sheba will come from the south and she will judge the world at the end of the days. She came for 2,000 miles from the farthest place away from Jerusalem thousands of years ago. The Bible tells us very clearly that she would come from the ends, or as it relates to her journey, she was on, on the very end of civilization. In other words, she, she was as far away as possible, and she came to seek God, and she found God, as you're going to see in this story today, and the Bible says she's going to rise up in the last days and preach to the church that if I could come from 2,000 miles and meet God, you can come across the street in Round Rock and meet God. See, what she's going to say is, there's no excuse. You have no excuse not to know the power of God. Can I get a witness and a better one? Come on now. First service. Didn't get the video. You guys should be a little bit happier <laughs> than the first service. In fact, you ought to text the first service friends that you have. You didn't get the video. Just tell them. You got to wait till 23 to get the next video. She's going to rise up and she's going to be the preacher to tell everybody. What was your problem? What was your issue? What was your struggle? And I think what we are often dealing with are not struggles at all. It's just the world in us. Can I get a witness, somebody? We're really, we're really soft on ourselves in these days. I think the pandemic has made us a little pansy-like, if you're not careful. We've gotten a little soft, a little, little soft. And I get it. I'm there, too. I enjoy staying at home. I enjoy just, let's just stay in bed. We can watch Netflix and no chill, but just watch Netflix and just, just watch Netflix. Watch Tiger King or watch whatever else we watched during the pandemic. And we got soft. And so the queen of the South, Matthew 12, Jesus said, this woman is going to be a preacher in the last days to tell us that we could have had as much of God as we wanted him. Let's get to the story. The Bible says, now the queen, when the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon, she heard about this guy named Solomon who was preaching, but he was preaching and his fame was really in relation to what? The name of the Lord. She'd heard about this preacher, this pastor, Solomon, but he was about the name of the Lord. He was preaching God. He was preaching Christ. He was giving definition to God. So she came from thousands of miles away to what? Test. Just to see if this was real. I like the word punch. She came to punch it. Let's find out if this God thing is real. Maybe some of you are watching online. Let's find out if this God thing is real. Maybe you're here today. You thought it was Ikea. Let's find out if this God thing is real. She came to test because she had riddles. Notice what it says. She had difficult questions. She was twisted. The in the, in the original, in the Hebrew, it means she was twisted. She was bound. She had some mental health issues. She had some struggles with God. She had some struggles with her person. She had some struggles with life and theology. So she, one word would say, we would call it, the Hebrew would say conundrums. Riddles. Just confusion. But she goes, you know what? I've heard about this guy, but I've heard about this name of the Lord who has helped people. And I'm going to go find out if I can get deliverance. So she came to Jerusalem with a very large entourage, her posse, with camels carrying balsam oil and very large quantity of gold and stones. Some would say spices. Tony Shashore from Louisiana. And when she came, when she came to Solomon, she got into his presence and she heard 
out of Solomon's mouth, the Bible says she began to speak to Solomon, and then Solomon began to answer her questions. And Solomon answered all of her questions, and nothing was concealed from the king which he did not explain to her. In other words, what she came with, Solomon began to address. Solomon spoke to it. I never want you to come to this church without feeling like it was as though the service was designed for me. We're not going to be plastic church. I'm not going to just preach a nice sermon. I'm not just going to be the guy that's just going to keep the crowd and just keep us all together at the expense of truth and the expense of the prophetic nature of God that wants you to know he's truly in our midst and that he sees you, he hears you, he knows your name. And that can only happen supernaturally. And the Bible says when the queen of Sheba then left Solomon, she then saw all the wisdom of Solomon. But she saw it like this. I saw the house. I saw the building. The food at the table. The coffee shop. The blend. I, I went around. The seating of the servants. The dream team. The service of his way. I, saw, I listened to the music. I saw the, the, the people that were singing, their attire, all, everything that she began to experience, the Bible says, the cupbearers, the burnt offerings, which she offered at the house of the Lord. And then it says, she was, take my breath away. <laughs> I remember that song. You heard it again in the recent release of that movie. Take my breath away. How many know that song? How many know that movie? That's right, Maverick. Okay. Didn't like it, but that's, that's where that song came from. I didn't like the new version. That's a whole other subject. Okay, I'm sorry. I hear, I hear groanings in the, in the congregation. <laughs> a little cheesy. She was breathless. She lost her breath. Literally what theologians would believe is she was born again. Her spirit was replaced with God's spirit. Then she said to the king, it was true. What I heard about it in my own land, Ethiopia, some say Yemen, possibly, but it's probably Ethiopia. It was true. I heard about it in my own land. And she said, and I did not believe it. I did not believe the stories until I came and experienced it for myself. My own eyes saw it. Behold, half of it was not actually reported to me. You have truly, this, this place has exceeded in wisdom and prosperity. In other words, it's above and beyond the report which I've heard. Blessed are you. Blessed is this place. Blessed are the servants who stand in this presence. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in all of you to put you on the throne and to build a throne here in Israel. Because of the Lord and because he loves Israel forever, he has established Solomon. Solomon is a type and a picture of the king. He has established you as king to do justice and righteousness. And she gave the king talents of gold, 120, and a large amount of balsam oil and everything that she had in an entourage. Never has there been such a gift or such a generosity given. And the Bible says, and the ships of Hiram, she called back on her friends and said, hey, if you've got some gifts, bring them to this location. And the Bible says gold from Ophir began to show up and a very large number of trees and precious stones. There was no supply chain problem going on in this particular time. And then the king, it says, Solomon made from the Almug tree supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house. And then he began to lose all the money to the production equipment and to all of the instruments for the lyres and the harps and the singers. And the Almug trees have not come in again, nor have they ever been seen to this kind of day. And Solomon granted then gave back to her even more than what she desired besides what he gave in her proportion to his royal bounty and then she departed and went to her own land together with her servants what you have just seen 
is how church should make an impact on every single person if the values are consistent, if you have the core values. I want everyone to get these core values. Put them in your phone, write it down in your notes. Number one, Christ first. When we talk about our five core values, this is where the story from, and the Bible says Solomon was not famous for himself or his personality. He was about the name of the Lord. How many know we live in a world that does not want to have definitions about anything anymore? You can't define it. It's they, them, whoever. I mean, listen, I'm not being angry. I'm just telling you, what? What are you talking about? Who? They? You? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just telling you, that's confusion. Don't put a name on anybody anymore, Pastor Joe. Well, what are you going to say? What are you going to say to your son or your daughter when they're born? Hey, I don't want to name you. I don't want to claim you. I don't want to. I want to put any color around your basket. I want to dress you. I want you to decide what dress, what outfit, what what you want to be. That's up to you. And God goes, No, I told them who they're going to be when they came out. That's just the reality. And you're the parent. Now, this is uh, listen. I've gotten a few hits this week on being what I was called giving my own personal opinion. And that's, I love that. I love that somebody's thinking that through. I just want to make sure that you understand. I don't want to give anything of my personal opinion. I want to give what the Word of God says is life and death. It's just life and death. All right, so let's just take the fact that if Solomon did not give the name of the Lord or give a name to God... Just whatever God you want to be or whoever you want to follow. Buddha, Muhammad, whatever. Just, you just come up with your own mist, your own being, your own higher power, whatever. Jesus said, no, that doesn't work that way. There's only one key that opens the door to eternal life. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through my name. And if it's not the name of Jesus, it's a false God. It's, it's all in vain. It's all for nothing. Yeah, but I just don't feel like that's just too narrow. No, that's the Father. That's the truth. That's the way. That'd be like you saying, I just don't like the narrow options that we have going to Austin. I don't like I-35. I don't like 130. I certainly don't like Research Boulevard that has 42 other names when you move here and you discover (laughs) it's the same highway. Mopac. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, what road is that? That's what we're dealing with. Mopac 183, research. God is you, God is this, God is that. Ah, You just can't go off in your own world here and say, well, I'm going to go to Austin through my own way. No, no, you're going to be trespassing. You're going to get in trouble. And what happens is you think you can go to God's heaven without his name? Who is God? What Solomon wanted and what Solomon was all about, and it's what got Sheba's attention. And listen, apply this to your life. Apply this to your parenting. Let your child just every, every day just wake up and say, what do you want to eat today? Where do you want to go to school today? Do you want to go to school today? Do you feel like getting out of bed today? Do you want to stay home with mommy? Do you want to stay home with daddy? You're 22 years old. Do you want to stay home? <laughs> and I promise you, they'll be 22 years old. Because you didn't bring definition. Definition is discipline. 
And when you don't bring discipline, and when you don't bring order, and when you don't bring definitions to terms, you won't have a core value, and it won't last. Your family won't last, your marriage won't last, and your kids will not want to be around you. I can promise you this, they will not be around a mom or a dad who doesn't bring definition and discipline. Not harsh, not mean, but it's very clear. He goes, it's about Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't deal with it. In the beginning was the Word. Who is the Word? Jesus. And the Word, John 14, verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Acts, they were baptized into Jesus' name. Because they had to clarify, who's your God? Who's your Lord? Who's your Savior? It'd be like you saying to your wife when you go home today, hey, you. Just call her, hey, you, from the rest of your days. Just you. Let's see how long that'll work. Let's just. I'll be doing a lot of funerals in this church, I can promise you. (laughs) Jesus said, I have revealed to the Father, I have revealed your name. I have revealed your name to the men whom you gave me, to the people that you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have followed your word. I've given them your name. His mission was to give the name of the Lord through him, his father. The reality is, is that number one, we are first a Christ first church. You heard it in the song today. This is his church and his church alone. Christ is our life, Colossians 3, 4. Christ who is our life is revealed then also you will be revealed with him in glory. Do you get that in Colossians 3, 4? Christ, who is our life, when he is revealed, if you have his name, then you will be revealed with him in glory. What he's saying is you'll be saved from the wrath to come. There is no other name that will save you from the wrath to come. There is a wrath coming. That's what the Bible says. We don't say that. We, don't, we just think it's just all going to end in roses and tulips and Tiny Tim. It doesn't end like that. It ends in fire. This thing is, it's not the Titanic. It's worse. It's not, it's not a slow... I'm, I'm full of songs in this second service. It's not... No, it's... The roof. The roof. It's hot. Now, we laugh, but I've given a little sugar to it. It's a little sugar to it. I'm just telling you. Christ who is our life, when he's revealed, you'll be spared. You'll be saved. And not just saved for then. How many are thankful that you're saved now? You're saved now. You're in the life now. Number two, people are a big deal. Sheba showed up. And Solomon, and not just Solomon, the whole dream team, really made it about her. And it wasn't because she was a queen. It wasn't that she had money. It wasn't because she showed up with notoriety. She was a human being. And she was lost. And she was bound. And she was in darkness. And she was confused. And I think Solomon and the dream team said, this is why we're here. Because Christ is what we have and it's all we have. Guess what? This same Christ died for people to be saved. He didn't die to condemn people. How many are thankful? He desires all men to be saved. So when a Sheba or a Heba walk into our midst, we're ready for it. 
And the Bible says Solomon gave attention to her. One translation would say in Chronicles of the same story, she communed or, or Solomon communed with her, spoke to her about everything that was going on, communicated to her, was communicating or preaching in such a way that, that was answering her questions. And the Bible says not one of her questions was not dealt with. In other words, that's what I said. I want every service, we pray hard about God prophetically speaking to our church. Speak through the songs. Speak through everything that we do. So that people will say, like in Corinthians chapter 14, God is in your midst. God is here. I think that's the biggest problem. In our world of churches today, God's not probably in half of the churches today. And just because you call yourself a church or you call yourself a church with a steeple on top, read the book of Revelation. God goes, unless you repent, I'm not going to visit that church anymore. He says it over and over to seven churches. Hey, you need to get some things right. Lest I take your what? Your lampstand away. Your light away. That light is what brings illumination. That light is what brings vision. That light is what brings instruction. He goes, if I pull my spirit out of that church because they're refusing to walk in my ways, people will stay in their bondage. And they will not feel like at all God is talking to them, though they may feel good. They've got to get the word. The reality is, is that she, when she walked in, they made a big deal about her. Paul says it in Thessalonica, or to the church of Thessalonica and Thessalonians. He says, may the Lord God cause you to increase and overflow in love for one another and for all people. In other words, Paul's prayer for the church at Thessalonica was that all of us would love and increase in the love for all people, for all people. For everyone, how many are thankful that whosoever will, let him come to the house of God. However you come, we're glad that you're here. Awesome. Because that's what Christ died for. Everything we do here is about people because God was about people. And we want to make sure that you never forget that fact as how we treat people. Even in the staff, I always say to our staff, about 120 on our team. Fastest way off our team is be mean to people. I'm just telling you. Because I know how God thinks when it comes to how do we treat God's people and how we're supposed to treat God's people. You can mess up. You, you, you can accidentally run over somebody in a golf cart somewhere. You know, I'll work with you. But if you were mean when you did it, if you were mean when you did it, if you didn't mean it, we'll work with you. We'll get you a driver's license. We're going to send you back to school. Some of you are like, I will not go near that golf cart anymore. But the reality is, is that God makes it very clear. You say that you love God, but you don't like, and you're not nice to people. He goes, you're a liar. John says it. First John says that the love of God's not in you. We ought to always thank God for you. He says, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as it is only fitting because your faith is increasing, and the love of each and every one of you towards one another grows even greater. People are a big deal. Number three, here's the third thing we learn. Excellence in all things. Now, I know that can become cliche. But what she saw was excellence. Now, excellence is a spirit. Excellence is a spirit. Jesus is the excellent God. He, he is excellent. In other words, he, when he preached in the, uh, Matthew, we, we know the story, the Sermon on the Mount. What he was preaching was the spirit of excellence. Let's look at some of these verses. Chapter 5. 
verse 38 through 48, the Bible says, you have heard that it was said. In other words, the Old Testament used to say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He goes, but I say to you, let's take it to a level of excellence. Don't resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one also. That's a hard scripture, I'll be honest with you. Some of you have taken that out of your Bible. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Then he says in verse 4, whoever forces you to go to mile, go what? Go two miles. That's the, that's the, now you're into the realm of excellence. Now you're into the realm of what blew her away and blew the breath out of her. Wow, look at how everybody does everything around here. That's the glory of God. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow you. Now, please don't apply that to the scripture standing at a red light and somebody comes up and throws a can in your face and I got to give to this guy this home. That's not, that's not what he's saying. I'm not saying don't give. I'm just telling you that's not just discernment. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He goes, but I say to you, here we go. Now we're going to the level of excellence. Now I'm not removing it. I'm just telling you we're going to another level. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be what? Sons of your Father who is in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And then he goes, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? That's not hard. Do not even the tax collectors do the same? The 87,000 new IRS agents that are coming on board. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And then he drops the big boy. Therefore, you are to be what? Perfect. As your heavenly Father is perfect. I thought God was not into behavior. Oh, yes, he is. That's a word that I think we've taken out of our vocabulary in church. Behavior. You know what fruit is? Behavior. You know what good fruit is? Good behavior. Well, I'm just tired about church. Church always makes me feel bad about myself. Well, if you got bad behavior, you should feel bad about yourself. <laughs> I'm tired of going to church. Uh, they make me feel bad and wrath and hell. <laughs> okay, you can go to hell pretending that you're going to heaven. Or you may have another odd Sunday every now and then that says, hey, you got some bad behavior and bad breath. Let's change that. Let's just allow God to do a work in your life. You know what she experienced? She experienced that behind the scenes, everything that they did, they did everything to the corners. They, they, were, they were concerned about detail. How many are thankful that God is excellent in his love to you? You know the Bible says he knows the very hairs, where? On your head. You know what that tells you? He loves you with a spirit of excellence. He loves you to the fullest. In other words, you give it all. That's what it means. That's all that excellence means. It means we're going to give it all. We're not going to hold back. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he goes, man, I love you. I want to go to heaven. I've kept the commandments. And the Lord said, well, there's still some things you lack. Like, go and sell what you have, give it away, distribute it, and then come back and follow me. And the Bible says he turned and he walked away. Let me just say something. He wanted God on his terms. You do not get God on your terms. You have to take God on his terms. We have a world today that wants God on their terms, wants love on their terms, wants life on their terms. The spirit of excellence says, no, 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 it's very clear, it's very predictable. In fact, it's good. How many are thankful 
that it's not a billion options. I love when I took Scantron tests back in the day with a number two lead pencil. Where are my people at? The less dots to fill in, the better. A or B, A or B. And if you didn't know the answer, what did you do? You just went, that looks like it should go here. And you just kind of like, certainly it all couldn't be in one line. You know what I'm saying? Until one day I took a test and the teacher did it on purpose. He put all the right answers on one letter. I failed miserably. Because the smartest person didn't sit close to me on that particular day. Excellence, watch this, isn't cheap, it isn't small, it isn't stingy, it isn't lazy, it isn't selfish. Let me say that again. You know what excellence is? It's not cheap, it's not small, it's not stingy, it's not lazy, it's not selfish. What she said was, I can't believe how much time they put into this. I can't believe that they went above and beyond. I cannot believe. Watch this. What she was experiencing was Jesus. This is why the Bible says when she comes back in the last days... She will be there to preach to anyone and everyone that says, I just didn't give my life to Christ. And she's going to say, you mean after all that he did for you? He held nothing back. He went to the cross for you. He died for you. He lived on this planet. He did over and over so many great things in your life, and you still didn't feel like serving him? Really? I came from 2,000 miles away and took that journey and risked my life with my entourage of people, and you're going to tell me, well, God's not real? No, you didn't get out of bed. You didn't try. It's on you. It's not on him. It's on you. Look what he did for you. And when you look at the table, when you look at the food, when you look at the attenders, when you look at the, how they were dressed, when you look at everything that is in that story, he, she says, Solomon, I expected you to be good, but I didn't expect the rest of the people to be as good. And the deeper I went with that church, the better it got. I don't pastor to this platform. We pastor all the way out to the parking lot. Because guess what? If you had a bad experience out there, you're going to have a bad experience in here. And I want to give a shout out to the man that you'll see every Sunday, every Sunday. His name is Steve. He has been here every service. How many years, Daniel? 15, 16, 17 years? He doesn't miss. Listen, when we get to heaven, you're going to say, who's up there with Billy Graham? Steve, it's Steve. <laughs> and even Billy's going to have a hard time getting as close to Jesus as Steve will. Because you know what he does out there in that parking lot with his team? With excellence. Welcome to the house of God. Now, if he ever gives you another sign, like the one-way sign to Jesus with his middle finger, well, then we're going to talk to Steve. <laughs> but the reality is, guys, she was blown away, not by Solomon but by the dream team. Which brings me to the fourth one. Everyone grows. Everyone grows. Everyone grows. Everyone grows. How do you grow? How many want to grow? How many want to grow as a parent? You want to grow as a mother, a father? You grow in your company, in your ministry, in your leadership, in Christ. How did she grow? She grew by giving herself 
The Bible says she would begin to give of her offering, of her stones, of her spices, of the things that she was carrying and the things she had back in Ethiopia. She began to sow her life into the church. And the Bible doesn't call some people to grow. He calls everybody to grow. Let me just tell you, for instance, in the book of Hebrews, it's a book written to Christians who were once formerly in Judaism and now they were followers of God and Christ and they're now in the church and Paul writes this letter he goes okay in verse 12 of chapter 5 he goes by now you're old enough you're you're beyond the time you should be teachers by now you should be a teacher you have need a gift for someone to teach you the elementary principles or the core values of God he says but you're you're still a milk it's it's still you have need of milk and you can't handle a piece of filet a piece of bread you can't handle any meat or solid food he goes watch this for everyone who partakes only of milk has a little stomach problem and is accustomed to is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. In other words, she began to grow immediately in the word of God. And Paul was saying, every one of us should be givers. Every one of us should be sowers in the house of God. Can I just tell you, about 9 to 10% of our church probably are tithers. Do you know what we could do if we would just become tithers? Not just tippers. See, the word of righteousness says we're not to be tippers, we're to be tithers. In other words, you honor the Lord with the what? The first. That's all it is. It's the first. It's the tithe. Oh, that's Old Testament. Okay. Bible says in Acts chapter 5, they gave it all. You want to go there? Okay, let's play hardball. (laughs) And those who didn't give it all died. He killed them all, right? So take Old Testament in this. I promise you, go Old Testament. It's a principle. It's a core value. And the Bible says she began to give. And that's what Solomon used to plant and build the church. If we would just do that, guess what, guys? We're not keeping up with the growth of the city. The churches cannot be planted enough. We can't start enough campuses. Every church in this city that you would know, we can't do enough right now with the resources that we have. We've got to stay up to date. We've got to buy property. And we're doing what we can. But we only can do it as the Shebas and the Hebas say, God. I'm in. I'm in. Not just with your finances, your prayers, your serving, your wisdom. Every one of us are called to give. Everyone. Not just a few. By now, he should be. And then he goes, and guess what? The sign of maturity is your giving. It's in your generosity. She was blown away. Lenore and I, over the years, at times... We'll go to a hotel. If we've been traveling, especially overseas, or, or, or we've had people give us gifts where you, you have a spa day or you have an hour, you, you, know, you do the couples thing, and um, they'll give you a choice. When you go to a spa, what do they give? You can either do deep tissue, athletic type style, or you can go uh, more relaxation, and, and they take these rocks that they put in hot uh, like a, a container, and they'll put hot rocks on you, and it's very superficial. When Lori goes, she gets a deep tissue. I guess it's about the time. <laughs> She's like, go deep, go just, man, 
make me sorry. I'm like, scratch me. <laughs> Seriously, the first thing they say is, what would you like? Tickle my feet. Just tickle me. <laughs> Where are my guys at? How many know? I'm like, I'm not going there to be beat up. I'm not going there. I don't want you to go very deep. Just stay superficial. Make me feel good. Make me laugh. Tickle me. Just inappropriate, appropriate way. I'm just saying. But I'm not one of those guys. I show up with like the lady goes, how can we have all your clothes on? Because I don't like anybody touching me. Lori's like, I want to get all the knots and all the impurities out of my life. I'm like, no. I scratch, scratch right here. Just scratch right there. Do my fingers. A lot of us, we come to church and you know what the Bible says in the last days? The congregate, the primary spirit of the last days will be the people will say, tickle us. Make us laugh. Make us feel good. Make us smile. Make us happy. Uh, bring us encouragement. Bring us inspiration. But don't, don't do any tea deep tissue, please. We don't want to be sore. Well, guess what? If you've ever worked out, how many know you got, you got to have some sore? You, chances are, if you said, I don't, man, I'm never a sore day in my life. I work out every day. What do you do? I go to the sauna. I go to the steam room. I go to the smoothie bar. You, you, you've gained 42 pounds since you've been at that workout place. How many know you can gain weight going to Smoothie King? I do. I love it. I asked the guy last week, I said, what's the most expensive drink you make? He goes, there's about $60. I said, how many calories you got? And he goes, about 4,000. I ate it. I drank it. Gained 12 pounds. I'm feeling really good about my life. I did not. Here's the last one because the keyboard's here. All right, so let's rehearse. Let's rehearse. What's first? Christ. Secondly, people are a big deal. Number three, excellence in all things. Number four, everyone grows, everyone serves. And then number five, we're family. She saw the table. She saw the food. How many know family is about the table? You know what we've lost in our world today? You know what families have lost? The table. We sit at bars. We sit in front of the TV. And I'm not saying we don't. I'm not saying we don't have TV trays. I'm not saying we don't have those nights where we sit at the bar or we sit at the, the counter. I get all that. But listen, family sit. Maybe Sheba had her first meal with other family members. Maybe she was used to sitting by herself. Maybe she was used to doing life by herself. Though she had all this money, she had all this power. How many know money and power does not satisfy your inner need for family and for a table? We need to sit down. We need fellowship. And she said, Solomon, I want to help build this church. For the next 22 years, I'm going to ask, would you help us build? Not any name or any brand, but the testimony that God is in the earth through his church. He brought you to Austin against your will. He put you in this place for such a time as this. And as I met a family this morning, they've been here for just a couple of weeks. They went to a Connection Point. They went to the First Steps to begin the process of being a part of the dream team. And uh, they said, we're from India, Hyderabad. Work for Dell, EMC. But we know that we were not brought here for computers. We were brought here for God's church. And I believe that you're not here for IT or whatever else 
bring you here. I believe that you're here because Austin on I-35 is a song that they wrote, sings about. It's supposed to be a city on a hill, this church. And I'm going to give my life to it. Not because I work here, but because I know from the scriptures that the only thing that lasts is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has been given to the church. We are the hope in the name of Jesus for a lost and dying world. Can we stand to our feet all over this place today? Can we just thank God that he's called us to be a part of his beautiful church, his beautiful bride? Come on, just th- would you just extend your hands to heaven right now if you're comfortable? Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you, Lord. We, we ask for the blessing of the Lord upon this house, your family. Lord, you came because there were lost things in this world. Luke 15 says there was a, a lost sheep. There was, there was a lost coin. Lord, th- there are lost things. And Lord, I thank you that you came to redeem and to restore that which is lost, to bring us home again. Lord, we know what it's like to be in this very cruel world that we live in and to feel lost and to feel disconnected and to feel like we don't belong. But Lord, you came down to give us a place to belong, a place to be restored, a place to be healed. Lord, we just thank you that you are the God who restores lost things. Lord, save us, forgive us, cleanse us. My life is yours. We give you the glory.